so yes, 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 we got it, we got it, we got it. Um, so tonight we're going to be talking about the uh, Lionsgate portal. So for anybody who's not familiar with that, it's when the sun lines up with Sirius and uh, we have our astrologers, Kiara Kayan and Daiki O here to talk about this a little bit more. And um, so big thank you to Kiara and Daiki and for everyone who's joining us tonight. So um, at this time, I will, Daiki and Kira, if you want to come off mute, and um, I'll let you introduce yourselves, and then we'll jump right into the topic. Hi, guys. Um, this is Kiara. Nice to see you guys again. Very excited to talk about this topic. Um, I am a astrologist, Akashic Records specialist, and intuitive healer and reader. Um, I've been working with astrology since I was very young. My mom is my uh, mentor. Uh, you'll definitely get to meet her sometime. Um, but I am just excited to be talking about all of the planetary effects as well as what's going on on planet Earth with all of us. So thank you guys for joining. Thank you, Kira. Daiki? Hi everyone. Hi everyone. <laughs> I'm Daiki. Um, I'm the I'm an astrologer as well. I've been doing 15 plus years of practicing and studying astrology and giving people personal readings. Um, I've just grown up looking at everything and experiencing everything as signs in the universe, really trying to talk to me, and I was really confused, you know, right? Uh, a lot of energy spreading out all over the place, and astrology has helped me really hone in on what the universe is trying to tell me. And it's just part of my life now. It's part of my existence. And I use it every day for my material life as well as my spiritual life. So I'm excited to share my knowledge and connect with everyone here. Thanks. Thank you so much to both of you. Well, um, for anyone who missed the first part of it, we're talking about the Lionsgate portal tonight. And the Lionsgate portal occurs on August 8th. It actually has been open for a little while now, but that's like the peak of it. And that's when the sun lines with the Sirius system and it also coincides with uh, a new moon. But that's really just the tip of it. There's way so, so much more to the astrology of the Lionsgate portal. So uh, Kiara and Daiki are gonna do a deep dive for us on exactly what that means and how you can use these energies. So I'll let you guys just take it away. I wanna go uh, really quickly back in time since we're talking about where this came from. Um, the specialty behind the Lionsgate actually originated back in ancient Egypt um, and even Mesopotamia, China, multiple cultures all over the planet have been interested in the 8-8 portal energy. If you go to China, they have our yin and yang energy, which is that equal balance of the masculine and feminine, which is an eight portal of the perfect eternity. If you go to Greece, obviously you have the eternity symbol, which represents the movement of life and uh, passing. And if you also go to our Celtic culture and a lot of the Nordic belief systems, they have the uh, Ouroboros understanding of life and death as well. Um, so with all of these energies, 8-8 eight, eight is a special numerical value that was uh seen in Egypt as a very powerful time for manifestation because it's a completion of the cycle of life and death. And you can bring all of this to our day-to-day -day with your ma uh, manifestation and personal intentions. Um, 
I think that the specialty that comes with this is in Egypt when they did the pyramids of Giza. We don't know, obviously, who built those beautiful uh, buildings, but what we can suspect is that they align perfectly with the star system of Sirius. And what makes this super special is that exactly every year on August 8th, you will notice that the stars will actually align with the planetary energy and they will be right fixed on those pyramids. Lots of stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so what's what's one of the biggest, you know, phenomenons, I guess, what's really cool about Star Sirius or the Lionsgate is that it's a fixed star and it it's only moved a degree since back in the Egyptian times. And it's one of the brightest stars that you can see at night. So some of the misconceptions is that the, the sun isn't aligned with Sirius during star Sirius is actually in cancer at 13 and 14 degrees. So during Leo season, we can actually see it rising from the Eastern horizon before the sun rises, right? Because it's dawn and it's dark. So you can see this bright star rising from the Eastern sky. And for some reason it has aligned with the Nile Delta flooding. Um, and so the Egyptians um, used it as, you know, this cycle as this, um, as this pattern uh, to know when the Nile River was going to flood. And so within our spiritual community, we know that the Sphinx faces the, the star Sirius rising, and that we also know that this happens during the Leo season. So that's why a lot of people call it, call it the Lion's Gate portal, where we feel Sirius's energy, the star seed Sirius, kind of connecting to us and having some sort of an effect with Earth. Right, we have this heightened spiritual practice, heightened manifestation, heightened healing, heightened heightened cosmic love that we feel from Sirius. And that's what's really important about this time. Um, yeah, because this is something that Cancer. happens every year. You know, during this time, right after we finish Cancer season, we start getting into Leo season. You start seeing Sirius every morning, starting to rise up and rise up and rise up, and that's when you're really starting to you know, you do your practice then five in the morning, four in the morning, whatever, that's when you're, you know, that time where we're very connected and attuned to the natural cycle of things. And that's when Sirius is coming up. For those of you that don't know, like your Leo or um, cancer seasons, uh, cancer is between if we're talking about uh, this zodiac, not Vedic, but if we're talking about our zodiac yes. over here, um, Western, it is uh, during the uh, end of June, beginning of July is cancer season. And the end of July, beginning of August is our Leo season. Thus, August 8th falls into Leo season and gets that special Lion's Gate energy. Um, one thing that you mentioned, which is so cool, I'm so happy you know all this stuff. Um, the spectacular energy for all of you guys to utilize this beautiful power is to understand the two main moons that are full moons that are holding out this entire cycle. We started our full moon cycle, I believe it was uh, July. Do you know what the full moon date was? I think it was July 23rd. Yeah. So July 23rd, we had our first full moon energy, and that was in one degree Aquarius. Our next full moon that's coming up is August 22nd, and it'll be in 29 degrees Aquarius. 
And that creates this huge bubble of energy that's holding the Lionsgate portal. In between, we have something called the new moon, which is actually going to be in Leo 16 degrees. And that is on Lionsgate Day 8-8, smack dab in the middle. In astrology, there's something where you have your twin uh, energies. And the twin energies that are opposite are Aquarius and Leo in this case. So Aquarius is the opposite of Leo. And you have those full moons that have that Aquarius energy and the new moon with the Leo energy. This creates a powerful phenomena that is known as a manifestation circle. Aquarius is a magician. If you think of them very generally, they're good at manifestations, uh, creation projects. Uh, that's kind of what they're known for. And Leos are all about individuality and creating that flame, that passion, something that's kind of like a drive for them. So the question is for all of you, what do you want to manifest with your individuality and your personal intentions? Yeah. So adding on to that, um, again, what's really special about Lionsgate, because it happens every year, like I said before, what's really special about this year is that we have this smack dab Leo new moon. We don't usually have this during the Lionsgate period, right? That's already one big thing that we want to talk about. The second big thing that, again, Kiara mentioned is that full moons and new moons only happen once for each sign. So every sign only gets one new moon and one full moon every cycle. However, once in, you know, 12 months or so, once in a year, you get signs where you have two full moons or two new moons, which is why this one is so special because we get two Aquarius full moons. And I'm really actually excited for the next full moon that's happening in August 22nd, more so than this new moon. But this new moon is actually us setting the intention, right? We have so much going on in the Leo sector right now, as well as all this Aquarius energy, the Jupiter and Saturn. And then we also have Uranus and Taurus. So we have all this fixed energy going out at odds, all this change happening. And on top of that, we have this Leo new moon lion's gate right? So we have all this coincidences, let's say, the synchronicity happening on top of each other, which is why it's making this year's Lionsgate so special, right? Um, yeah, that's, that's where I'm going to fall off right now. <laughs> so the, um, did, go we, ahead. did we skip Capricorn for having a full moon? No, we had it. Okay, because oh, I remember I didn't realize that it was one degree of Aquarius of the last full moon. I was thinking it was Capricorn because they usually are opposite. And I was wondering, did we just not have a Capricorn full moon? So the way that the full moon cycles go is it's a 30 degree cycle. So if just so happens that the degree line for this Aquarius is at one degree, that means that the previous cycle must have been at a two degree it was cycle three, energy. three degrees on June 24th. Oh, it was, uh, it was, so it's been early full moons. And mm -hmm. then when they have double full moons like this, we switch over. So now we're going to have a new moon in the beginning of the sign and then a full moon in the end of the sign. Right now, before all this, we've been having a full moon in the beginning of the sign and a new moon in the end of the sign, which is weird because new moon is supposed to be the beginning or the starting of an intention. And how do you start an intention when you're at the end of a sign? 
So there's been a lot of releasing and purging before a lot of this cycle right now. And now we're moving into a new cycle where we can actually do something in the beginning and then manifest something and climb the climax at the mm -hmm. end of the sign rather than purging in yeah. the beginning and then setting intentions in the end of your story. So again, again, and that's why everything's so aligning right now where this lion's gate is a really good reset button, a reboot for your heart, for your love energy. And everyone should be very filled with, oh, I wanna, I want more love. I want more romance. I wanna fall in love. I wanna enjoy my life more. I wanna raise my love vibration. And that's exactly what this lion's gate star series is really calling out to us however again because it happens every year you know this is the summer love summer romantic time of the year what yeah what's important is uranus and taurus trying to change all our priorities change our values change our worth change our manifestations and then saturn and jupiter and aquarius trying to figure out how we can how we can innovate, how we can change and how we can step into the future, how we can liberate ourselves, which is what Aquarius is about. So we're really realizing right now how the more love I put into myself and the actions I take to love myself, I can raise my vibration, raise my manifestations, free myself from some of the things that I've been stuck in the Pluto and Capricorn. So again, it's, it's about money it's like you could do finances or business or self-production it's it's everything not just like love but yeah mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah it's like, different for each sign the leo energy itself is about heat and fuel and heart energy right it's pumping and it, if it stops it stops you don't you don't have anything after that in our material world right the heart is always never-ending source just like the sun so again, it's not about love, but for each for each sign is a different thing. But in the end of the day, the the source energy is about loving yourself. And that, that is a common misconception with love energy, but everyone's ears always perk up when you talk about love energy. Uh, <laughs> is there anything related to the recent transits with Venus and Mars? I know there was a lot of talk about Venus and love and how this summer was very supportive of that. Um, how did that set us up to go into this Lionsgate energy? Um, yeah, so when, well, so Venus and Mars, when they come together, it's literally, you know, boy and girl meet kind of deal. It's a very fertile time. So, and again, in, in our case, Venus and Mars are ahead of the sun. So we're very much ready to receive our presence. You know, we're really in that sense, we're drooling, we're hungry, we're desiring for this new baby to be born. And so that's what we're planting since the sun is behind all this energy that we're, we're again, we're strategizing, we're still planning, we're trying to really figure out what's working and what's not based on what I want. And that's really the Venus and Mars energy that's in, where is it? It's in Venus and Leo. Uh, it's in Virgo and Leo. Yeah, so, and the analogy, too, is that the Mars energy is this force. It's that masculinity. It's originally the home sign is Aries, so it represents that fire. But because it's in um, a different energy, it moved into the Virgo energy. It's even more fixed, so it's more 
Um, how can I create, like you said, the seed, it's this, uh, it could be a seed of production, productivity, family, unity, whatever your, your personal intention of your seed is, but that's what the Mars energy is invoking. And with Venus, uh, having affected all of this because it's in Leo right now, the energy is potent. It's very explosive. Like you said, it's like that heartbeat. So it's like a the divine feminine energy. It's like a girl that's just so enamored and just so lovey-dovey. Like she just wants to be filled and happy and joyful. So when the two energies come into this particular uh, context, especially affecting this lion's gate, it could be magnetized. You have energy that, uh, you know, people are randomly receiving this abundance from all over. Maybe you're receiving money or maybe you're receiving friendships or something, but you're also purging at the same time. So while you're receiving all of this abundance, you're also learning to let go of the things that have blocked you, stood in your past, held you down. It's kind of like those those uh, uh, Romeo and Juliet, like, oh, it's time to move forward and, and be in our vibrance and not be held back by our family or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Venus and Mars, again, it's in, it's in Virgo right now. So it is about very much your day-to-day lifestyle it's about your moment to moment and it's about being connected to reality venus doesn't really like being in virgo virgo is, tends to be shy they tend to you know they don't tend to wail it all out right they don't like they're not the ones to like drink all night that's like the pisces and sagittarius virgo tends to be a little bit more shy and a little introspective So Venus doesn't get to really party in Virgo, but Venus in Virgo gets to reap the rewards of your of your harvest of your fruit right because you've been working and that's what venus and virgo is trying to open us up to maybe there are some different ways or some different lifestyles that you are opening up to since all these changes are happening and what's great is that because mars is behind all this energy in as well as virgo we have the energy to kind of push through this work virgo energy where virgo tends to be very critical sometimes it could be very analytical with a lot of information but mars and virgo is able to cut through and push through all this hard work right so that's that's some of the mars and venus good things in virgo this is still i think personally i think it's still early i think a lot of the energies are still on the fixed signs since the uranus and saturn and jupiter are such a bigger planet and they're playing such a bigger energy role in the charts that again it's leo taurus and aquarius energy we should be really focused on in the moment and then the mutable energy the virgo energy the gemini north nodes uh the neptune in pisces like those things we should be worried about next month during virgo it's going to be very much in our faces very much in our experiences but right now it's still we're still trying to get the fire going right once we get the fire going we can build things around it with Virgo. But right now we're still getting that source, right? If you're not happy in the inside, how are you going to go out there and help people and be a Virgo and serve other people? You can't, you really can't. You gotta, you gotta love yourself first. You gotta have your fire all taken care of. And that's what we're doing right now. You know, that's, that's why it's also really hard because sometimes we want other people to connect, right? We're so attached and we're so personalized to all these things that when they don't come to us, we don't, Feel good about ourselves and that's where the universe is telling you hey don't put your worth on other people or the outside world put your worth in the things that you do 
things that you're grateful for things everything right everything about you you got to love yourself and that's that should be everyone's journey right now and that really depends on everyone's karmic story and their childhood story and what kind of love they need what kind of affection what kind of attraction they need right um he mentioned just really quick about fixed signs mutable signs cardinal signs just so you guys know um a fixed sign just means that they're very much what their element represents so if they're a fire sign they're very fire that's kind of what you know leo very fiery um, if they're a mutable sign, they can take on different personality traits of other elements. So if it's the Virgo energy, although a Virgo is earth, it could be a very communicative uh, earth energy. So it's very airy as well. It can, you know, connect with people and, and community. Um, and then a cardinal sign would be Libra, Aries, Capricorn, and Cancer, which we noticed last year with our major eclipses in Cancer and Capricorn. That energy is just very powerful. It's not necessarily just the element. It's just that it's super like this is big bang type energy. And that's when you want to put intentions forward or be careful what you say, because it can be very powerful. Yeah. Knowing these little parts about astrology really helps in understanding and, you know, being able to communicate with um, the information that's coming in. So thank you, Kiara. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned something, Kiara, I want to go back to really quickly about being very careful with words, being very careful with intentions during like a really powerful manifestation season. Can you go into a little more detail about that? Absolutely. Especially since we have this Lionsgate, right? So the idea behind the Lionsgate, be careful what you wish for, Okay. If you want to manifest something, if you see and you're looking forward to things uh, that you've been putting down on paper, know that what you say is what you're going to get. So if you're not very clear on your intention, even though you write it out, like say uh, he was mentioning partnerships, right? So if you write out, oh, I want my perfect partner. Well, perfect partner for what, right? For harsh lessons or for just a fling or for a child to get a child or like, what do you want your intention to be? Right. So when you're writing it down, just be very clear. I want this in my highest good, right? Always across the board. That's the way that your verbiage should be when you're manifesting. Is this in my highest good? And that's the only way that you could really get around what this energy can be for you, especially with communicating with people it's a very uh, vibrant, I would say even uh, to an extreme word like volatile, right? So that could, that could be a very beautiful thing or a very destructive thing. There's a lot of people taking things personally at this time. Um, they're also very opinionated and they're making things very personable. Um, and there was a quote actually that somebody had mentioned to me earlier that I thought applied to this where it was like, uh, you guys should really be uh, listening to what you put out on the internet because some of the things that people are putting out there, they should really get smacked for, right? So like say uh, you're a very uh, vibrantly powerful person and you, you have an opinion and you're saying something really mean to somebody else. Maybe you feel justified with that power, but the other person is not going to feel justified or respected or heard or felt. So the ideology behind all of this is just make sure that what you're putting out into the energy that's going on right now 
is the ultimate good for everybody involved. Even if it means letting go or to gain something for yourself or to give to somebody else, if that all makes sense. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so going, going back to the star Sirius and Lionsgate, right now, with a lot of Leo energy, with the Sirius star and Lionsgate, we should, a lot of us should be kind of re-experiencing some of the our childhood memories or childhood experiences that are coming up and we're again with this leo energy the Lionsgate energy we're able to like we said manifest and kind of change course depending on how you're speaking to yourself how you're treating yourself how you're looking at the universe and such how you're connecting right how you're vibing how you're frequencing with yourself um so what's really important going back to the star sirius like um, Kiara was saying, um, it can be sometimes dangerous, right? Uh, star Sirius in astrology is a combination of Mars and Jupiter. So Mars is a lot of ambition, a lot of energy, and Jupiter is like gasoline on a fire. It's, it always makes things bigger, right? So it's a lot of energy all coming out at you. So the Greek word for Sir in Sirius, or, or in English, Sirius means scorching or sparkling. So it has all this fire, all this light, all this energy coming out from Sirius connecting to Earth, right? So that's the energy that we're trying to download. Now, what's really cool about star Sirius is that star Sirius isn't alone. It has another secondary star that dances together and it makes a DNA double helix. And it's one of the first like DNA helix structures that you can see outside in the world that's not part of the micro world. Right. So this there's a synchronicity as above, so below where our DNA structures and the double helix structure in the Sirius star system synchronize, right, coincide with each other. And to me, as an astrologer, this tells me that the Sirius energy, again, with the Leo energy really tells us that we're doing this DNA activation, reactivation. We're really setting our our heart energy or fate energy into like we're switching rails right now. And so again, I urge everyone to meditate, to get into the heart, right? And when you, when, like Kiara says, like, what's your highest um, good and stuff like that, highest wisdom, I personally go to my heart. Like, even, even if it's, even if it's sometimes like difficult for other people, I got to first serve myself. And I, I have to ask literally my chest, how I feel about it, not my brain, not other parts of my body, but literally my chest. I ask my heart is this good for me? Is this what you want? What do you want right now? You know, treat it like a lover, right? Treat it like a child. And that's how you're going to end up manifesting that kind of relationship for yourself. And so it's obviously, it's not just about relationships, but those are all important for all of us. And again, work as well, right? It's about creativity. It's about production. It's about, it's, it's about performance in the end of the day for, uh, for the fire side. And we want to be shown, we want to show up we want other people to give us accolade, right? All that is Leo sparkling energy. And so that's what we're all I am so on. happy that you brought up the DNA thing because you're talking about the double helix, right? And the yeah. date is 8-8, eight, eight, right? Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. eight being that eternity symbol <laughs> is that helix energy. Yeah. I want to jump on with what he was saying because that's a, a numerical thing. There's a study called numerology, which is the study of numbers. 
And it is the number eight, eight, where eight is considered the luckiest of numbers in numerology. And it often corresponds with wealth and abundance. So what's interesting about visually looking at the eight is it has no closed circuit. It's a continuing circuit. So when you're thinking about your manifestations, and he was saying, again, talking about the as above, so below, and he was saying about connecting with the heart, all magic, if you look it up in divine religion, especially if you go back to ancient Egypt, all magic is correspondent to how much you believe it and how much you feel it especially if you're driven by your emotional power, your emotions can drive the intention even stronger than your words can. Your words are a part of it, of course, but that feeling, that connection that you have with your intention is really what's going to create your reality around the subject. So a number of these subjects come from all over the planet. It's not just Egypt. It's not just in astrology. It, go, it comes back to even in the Nordic cultures, especially with our transition of the months, and it goes to even Italy. Um, if you guys are familiar with tarot, he mentioned that child energy that comes up with Leo. In tarot, the two major arcana that are considered to be Leo's energy are the strength card, which is the angel that's petting the lion. And the sun card, which is a child with the sun in the background, the two energies I feel like are very important for people to keep in touch with during this time, because having that strength and believing in that, that childlike wonder within yourself, that magic that's kind of embedded in your soul is what's going to help through this manifestation and through future events from what you've created in your world around you. Yeah. <laughs> um, intentions are important and that's intentions are not always conscious, right? That's the whole point. That's the whole reason why we do this together, where we meditate, where we get in touch with our emotions, where we get in touch with our heart, where we get in touch with our body so we can really sense what's going on underneath the conscious, subconscious, so we can figure out what we're actually, what are actual intentions are right that's why we're clearing we're getting deeper and we're getting quieter and quieter and giving ourselves more space so you can get in touch with yourself so you can be clear with your true intentions right you don't want your mind telling you you want that as well you don't want your ego telling you you want that as well right you want to center yourself align yourself with what with your heart with your center and intent and put your intentions right because otherwise our intentions are going to be muddied Right. That's why we get all these complicated, confusing things around us showing us what we don't want or what maybe what we do want, but never really obtaining it. That's why we need to. Again, that's why we do our practices. Everybody for spiritual practices. Um, that's a great point. And um, I've been hearing a lot lately about subconscious intentions and how we can manifest things very unknowingly by, you know, a negative thought that could creep in on us or something along those lines. Um, do you, either of you have any favorite meditations or any tips to pass along on, on how people could drop in in that manner and uh, prepare for the, the portal with any specific sort of meditations? I personally like to do Kundalini. So I do a lot of fire breath where I'm pumping my stomach and exhaling through that. Um, 
Yeah, and then I have a lot of exercises where I'm holding my breath to fill my body, fill my lungs, fill my blood with a lot of oxygen, and then exhaling. Um, again, these are all Kundalini practices. But even just if you don't know any of these practices or teachings, really just sitting quietly and clearing your mind, clearing the ego, and really getting to your heart. Like where where does your consciousness belong inside your body, right? Where does it where is it flowing? Where does it where is it painful, right? All these things you want to let it flow, you want to let it move, you want energy to move. I think I heard the other another different Thrive Circle session where somebody was talking about how energy is always in motion. And that's what we want to get in touch with with our body. We don't want to feel stuck. We don't want to feel heavy. We don't want to feel dense. Right. And that's again the inner child, the love, happy energy. And I forgot to say Sirius is part of the dog constellation, right? The Canis Major. And so you have this like very straightforward, genuine, honest dog love where they come up to you and they're panting and they're waving their tail, right? That love energy, that's serious. That's, that's the Leo energy that we want to bring into our bodies, breathe it in and then exhaling out all the toxic, all the stuff that you don't need. Maybe you don't even mind, you know, you can let it go and maybe you can come back to it later, but that's what's, that's why manifesting and having intentions is really important, right? So you can keep going. You can keep going, being in touch with yourself every moment. Um, I believe in the presence of the now, um, there's literally a book, I think it's called the presence of now or something like that. The power of now, I think that's what it's called. Um, you just kind of, in order to really connect with what you want, you have to kind of feel what you feel about yourself and the world around you. So, um, just an example of what I do right here, right now, this is what I want to be doing. Um, I've always wanted to be talking with an audience and have this kind of connection of sharing my knowledge or my interests and being able to have conversation with people. So when I wished for this, I would sit and thank you so much, Nina. Yes, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. I like to sit and just kind of feel like the chest, like just right here and just kind of sit and like, okay, what do I want? How do I feel? Is there something that would benefit me right now? Is there something that would benefit my past? And is there something that can benefit my future? When you think of those three different perspectives, the only one you have control over is in this moment. So thinking about simple things, taking baby steps of like, okay, I just have to think of a couple of little things that can work for me right now. It's very powerful. It gives you this sense of empowerment in the now. Then another technique I like to do if I want to go a little bit more deep. Uh, yeah, like Delia just said, with connecting with nature, I like to sit outside under like a tree or by a body of water or just somewhere where I can listen to the animals and just feel that connection with the earth. Um, another technique I really love is I do sound bowl healing sessions. So I like to play my bowls, whether it's the Tibetan bowls or the crystal bowls and the sound resonance really helps clear the fuzzies in my mind. If I'm confused or if I don't know what's going on right now. And it also helps me kind of establish like a comfort. Um, so I wanted to uh, kind of turn over to you guys in the audience um, with like questions that you guys have for what you want to know, how you can deal with this powerful energy. If you have specific things that could help you. Um, I do have a friend that messaged me right now asking the question where to start. 
I believe she's saying it in reference to um, the Lionsgate. I think it's a really good idea to sit down in front of a piece of paper or your notebook or a note journal or whatever, any type of thing that you can write your ideas down and write down a list of just 10 simple things of what you want right now. That would be something that you really wish for. And on the back, I would say write down 10 things that you want to release that either are blocking you or that are uncomfortable or, you know, something that's not working. That is a really, really good way to figure out how to manifest something. So, for example, um, my friend is an actress, right? So she wants to uh, get into the media. She wants to be a part of the the field. You know, how can she manifest that? Well, how do you get into the media? Auditions, right? So manifest that you'll have an abundance of auditions or manifest that you'll have people connections or events that you can go to, stuff like that. It's that kind of thing. Yeah, um, where to start? Personally, I think, I mean, I totally agree with Kiara's. I think writing down is really important. Um, personally, sometimes 10 is too much, you know? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so short term sometimes that, um, I think one is one, two is enough, right? I personally like to write down what I don't want in my life anymore and to make sure that I replaced it with something that I do want. So if I don't want to be on my phone all the time, I make sure that I put a time where I put my phone down and I say no to the phone and I invite something in, right? So I'm not empty handed. Now I'm just like, oh, I don't know what to do with this phoneless life. No, you have other things to do. I want that. I want to read a book, right? I want to read and find more knowledge out of a book. So I'm going to put that and I don't know where that's going to lead. I mean, personally, I do know where that's going to lead. And through my chart, I know what I'm working on personally. So I know what I'm doing, where I'm letting go of mindless chatter and I'm inviting in more knowledgeable speech, more different type of words and verbiages, right? For for a Gemini, that's what we're working on because Leo is our third house. And that's how we connect to our heart through our mind and through words. So each sign experiences it differently. But um, again, that's, the, that's what I would do. I would write down what I don't want anymore and I would invite in what I do want instead and make the effort to do so. Because in the end of the day, the fire signs, Leo, love, it's an action, right? It's not just the word. It's not just the feeling either. Sometimes it's, it's a lot of these things. And in the end of the day, it's an action, right? Uh, actions mean so much more than words, right? We all know this, right? If someone holds the door for you or does things for you rather than says, I love you, it means different, right? So actions, actions for yourself. What kind of actions can you take for yourself to show yourself that you love yourself, right? It could just be brushing your hair, right? Start small. It doesn't need to be big. And sometimes our brain, Mercury, right, or Mars, our ego gets in the way and says like, oh, that's silly. Why would I read a book? I can read a book on my phone, right? Oh, that's just the fiction book. That means nothing. No, to your heart, to your inner child, to your little baby, it means the world. So do your best to give it to your baby, right? Don't, 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 you know, demean them. Don't swap them out of your way. Give them what they need and then see where it goes see where it leads. And that's like the first step to really listening to your heart, attending to your heart and attending to yourself, right? A little by little. 
I see that Roger has raised his hand. Hi, Roger. Always good to hear from you. What you got for us tonight? I just want, you guys are good. <laughs> you guys are good. I came, I, okay, I came in a few minutes late and, you know, I, I use astrology a little bit differently. I want to know how um, everybody might do this a little bit, but I'm an intuitive, so I'm always receiving information. And so then I go to, to astrology to see, to confirm what, what's going on. And just before I came on here, I, I sat here, I was talking to a friend, I go, I'm not sure what's happened. I've moved into a whole different place. I feel like this different person because I took these actions that just like I said, this is who I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to do now. And it started showing up and I go, what happened? And it's just like what you guys were saying. <laughs> it was all of that, absolutely exactly. everything. Yeah. So thank you. That was cool. Thank you. <laughs> Any other people that have questions? You were just going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one. Um, maybe, maybe somebody else will think of one. But um, what should people be looking for in their own individual natal charts if they're familiar with them to see how these energies might be impacting you personally? Um, sure. Um, so I would look at two things if I'm looking at your chart really quickly. I would find out where Leo is, what house Leo is in your chart, and then I would figure out what sign your fifth house is. So, I mean, these might be very technical things, but if you can look up your own natal chart and if you can find out what sign your fifth house is, um, you can incorporate that sign's energy to connect with your heart because that's your house of love and house of romance house of joy and pleasure and then wherever leo is in your chart again that's the source center fire energy the house that you want to connect to whatever house it is that's where the this energy right now is showing up in your life so those are the two things that you want to be that's what i would be looking at <laughs> There's a free website you guys can go to to look up uh, what house placement your chart is in. Um, it's called cafeastrology.com. It gives you a pretty easy look at, it literally tells you what house is what, but basically the house system is based off of your ascendant or your rising sign. So for example, my rising sign is Libra. So my fifth house is actually an Aquarius cusping the Capricorn energy. So this for me would be about um, creativity, uh, vocalization, expression, um, maybe writing a book or maybe doing art or something like that. It's all about creativity right now for me. So that's kind of an example of how this would affect your chart. And if you find out which sign it is, like you could type in uh, qualities of this sign, right? So if it's Gemini, say your fifth house is in Gemini, Gemini is all about communication. If your fifth house is in Leo, well, that's lucky for you because you're going to have potent energy during this time. So it's going to be about expression, individuality, and creative projects. Yeah. Funny, I just popped mine up really quick just to look at it. And that is Leo in the fifth house. That's pretty cool. <laughs> but the, that Aries rising. <laughs> It depends on how you calculate your chart, uh, depends on the latitude that you're born in, and then um, the time. So those are going to influence your house 
But um, if you want to quickly calculate without any actual, you know, technical methods, it's the it's whatever number, whatever house number you're talking about, it's the number of signs past your sign. So for Aries, Aries, Taurus, Cancer, uh, sorry, Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, Leo. Leo is Aries fifth house, right? So that's how you calculate it. But um, that's the easiest way without computers or websites and such. That's what they did back in the 80s. <laughs> they would calculate it and draw an actual circle and make tick marks. <laughs> Nowadays, we have computers that have a lot of files, so we can put it all together real quickly. I remember that back from, I'm going to date myself here. I remember <laughs> that from about like 1993, maybe. And, and I found it. I don't know how I still have this thing. And it was the compass from, from school and the circle and all that. It was director. <laughs> but um, another word about the free charts that you can get online, they tell you what all this means. So you don't have to be an astrologer. Um, an algorithm does it. It's not as good as if, you know, you've got an astrologer sitting down with you, but it does kind of um, explain what all, all of this is. And for anybody who's interested in learning more about astrology or having their charts read, um, Daiki and Kira are both Soul Connects practitioners, and uh, you can reach out and schedule with them through our website. So, A really important thing I think y'all should know too about astrology is um, they say like millionaires, they don't look at their astrology, but billionaires, they calculate their world through astrology. So a lot of these big name bees and all these big boys out there, uh, they all use astrologists to help them calculate where they're going with their finances. Because uh, based off of your chart, your chart determines so much. It's basically a scientific blueprint of you in a nutshell. It doesn't define you but it does have a really good guide that you can use as a tool to help yourself build in business, relationships, family. You can even calculate when you can have a child and what sign they'll be, all kinds of stuff. It's a very fascinating scientific method that's used based off of an astrolabe, which is an object that was used during ancient times to determine latitude, longitude, distance, um, and time. Mm. Wow. Fascinating stuff. <laughs> Who else has a question for our panel? Two hands up. Oh, two hands up. Nina. Yes, you can go ahead and unmute yourself. Um, I have a question. You, you've said a lot, so um, I'm trying to follow and keep up with it all. Um, but you did mention how right now a lot of things are coming up from um, when we were younger, our childhood. And that really caught my uh, ear because um, I've just started going to a therapist to do EMDR. And she, you know, the rapid eye movement stuff. And she asked me, well, what do I want to focus on? What is something that I, I kind of want to clear or in a sense, kind of rewire in my brain? Mm -hmm. And for me, I'm not going to get too deep or anything. Um, but when I was 14, my father died 
and it was a rather complex situation how he died and my uncle told me it was my fault because of something I did as a teenager but essentially they ended up arguing over what I did as a 14 year old kid and my dad had a heart condition and then two days later he, he went to the hospital that night and then he died so she and I are starting this EMDR I wonder if it is actually is on the 8th <laughs> well, no, it's not on the 8th, it's on the 9th. Um, do you have any, I don't know, what do you think of that? <laughs> that just all kind of came to mind to me, and I thought, I wonder what their thoughts are on that. How does the, how does the, the, the therapy right now connect to your childhood? Are you trying, yeah. Well, what she, I have not done it yet. So oh. the actual EMDR part, uh -huh. but the part that we're in right now is she and I discussed um, what is what are the negative associations I have with that event uh -huh. that with the EMDR, it's like rapid eye movement with lights uh -huh. and it somehow kind of reprograms your brain so that okay. those things are not quite from my understanding. And like mm -hmm, I said, I'm not, mm -hmm, a, mm -hmm. not quite as prominent and, and kind of the three things that we came up with from that experience of when my dad died um, that have lingered with me is one being very responsible for a lot of stuff in my family. Cause my dad like left everything to me and that caused mm -hmm. a big thing with my brothers. And then two, um, uh, feeling unsafe because, you know, when my dad died, my mom was kind of flighty. And then like, I became the responsible one, but then there was nobody else to kind of protect us and take, take, take care of us. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing, it was the safety was the responsibility. I can't remember what the third one was, but there's like three main things that we're trying to then clear when we do this EMDR next week yeah no that's that's okay I, I i i don't know the specifics of your chart and the things that's going on but this this is literally what's going on with everybody where you are rewriting your inner neurons right your inner connection to your heart and it's funny thing is aquarius is the collective it's about technology it's about all these lights and all these buttons flickering it's about a network of things and that's exactly what you are rewriting aquarius has to do with technology so it's about programs and stuff which is why leo is the source right it's what we love which is what becomes the program or what becomes the collective and that's what you're doing with this this is what everyone's doing but for you it's literally your manifestation manifesting this therapy with this technology and rewriting your energy your source energy and i wouldn't be surprised especially with the heart attack because leo has to do with the heart leo has to do with leadership and such that if your father has some heavy leo influences in his chart or you as well having leo and even aquarius um Aquarius some influences in your chart. And this is something that we can, you know, only happens now with the technology that we're experiencing, right? With, um, and that's all the Aquarius with the Saturn and Jupiter and Aquarius with the whole age of Aquarius that we're entering, we're able to really rewrite our heart. We are able to restart, reboot our heart. And we can, going back to your inner child, going back to your childhood memories, you're able to heal right? You have the choice to heal, to forgive, to let go of some of these traumas. And I think that's exactly what you're manifesting. And, you know, on a spiritual level, energetic level, that's what everyone's doing. Everyone's doing the rapid eye movement <laughs> um, therapy. 
And again, Leo has to do with attention, attraction, the spotlight and being on stage. So what else do we use to get through that attraction other than our eye movement, right? Literally what you're attracted to is what you're rewriting. And that's exactly what everyone's doing. Rewriting based on what your heart wants. So I say keep going with therapy. (laughs) Cool, thank you. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Do you have anything to add, Kira? Before we oh, get no, it. you covered it all. <laughs> okay. Katie, what do you have for us? Hi. First, I wanted that free natal chart site again because I didn't write it down. You can write it on the chat. Oh, well, okay. If you do uh, that, that would yeah. be great. Okay. And second, I am looking for therapy to process and let go of a lot of horrific childhood trauma. So what is the best modality or should I just do my intentions and work that energy out that way? Do I still need to get into therapy and do EMDR or EFT or tapping or any one of those things? Would they be additional help or do I need to? Um, So there's a couple of questions that kind of run in line with that, right? So what is your, uh, what's your sign? I'm a Taurus. Taurus. So just kind of going off of the sun right there, just simple stuff right there. Um, There's a lot of holding on to um, energy, especially if it's past, present, future, but just thinking, thinking, processing, there's a lot of holding on there. So I think the only way to really figure out what's the best modality for you is to kind of feel out, okay, what feels good? Like what's going to make me feel really comfy? Who do I, like, if you go and look online and you kind of you know, type in like, oh, best, maybe it's uh, um, past trauma healers, right? And you type that in or whatever. And then a trauma healer comes up. Um, look at their body language, look at their picture, look at their description. If you feel it, and you're like, yeah, that resonates, definitely reach out, connect with them, have a conversation. If it doesn't resonate with you, and you're like, just thinking of what can help me, what can help me, don't do it. Because it's not going to be in your, uh, you know, your best good because you're just doing it because someone recommended it to you. Definitely feel it in your heart and look at what resonates before you actually go to a healer or a therapist or, you know, something along those lines. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Yeah. I mean, just like Nina is doing, literally go for what you're attracted to what you find interest, if it's acupuncture, if it's singing bowls, whatever lights up your heart with joy, you're already on your way healing, right? So if it's not doing that, you're just going to be bored. And that's not the point of all this, right? The whole point is for you to have fun and to be joyful in this life, for you to let go of all that negativity and step into being lighter, right? So again, you just have to follow your heart, just like Kiara says, you have and, that, and for me, I would have to look at your chart to see if you do need a mentor figure or if it's a relationship that you're going through. But um, in the end of the day, like, just like I said, you have to just follow your heart and find what you are attracted to. Yeah. You know, I would imagine maybe in your childhood, maybe you wanted something, but your parents, you know, a lot of us, a lot of the parents don't give it to us. Right. And we say, oh, maybe I don't need it. Maybe it wasn't going to be fun. But even if it wasn't fun, even when you're initially attracted to it and then you experience a yoga class and you're like, oh, my God, that was so terrible. 
that in itself is already new information for your heart. Now you know that's not the direction. Yoga is not your thing. That's cool. Now check out something else, right? Check out, you know, playing guitar, singing bowls, chanting, meditation, all these other stuff, Tai Chi, you know, you want to try all these things. And that's already giving yourself attention, right? Giving yourself an opportunity, giving yourself a chance to maybe enjoy or maybe not enjoy, right? If you had a son or a daughter who wants to do ballet or wants to do breakdancing, are you going to just say no? right? You're going to let them, you're going to let them try maybe a class or two, a free one here or there, see how they do. That's how you want to treat yourself, right? Okay. That's what you want to go Thank for. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so we much. Have... I had oh. something real quick. Oh, go ahead. Oh, oh I'm sorry, Kara, were you going to say something? Mm -hmm. Oh, I was going to cover, uh, there's a Facebook question, but go ahead, Roger. Oh, and I just want to say cafe astrology is very cool. But like you said, it's, you know, it's basic, but I'm a double Scorpio with a Leo moon. What do you get from that? <laughs> oh, no, double no. Scorpio with a Leo moon. Well, again, just like I said in the beginning of our talk, the fixed signs are the ones getting the roughest this year and a little bit more forward. So you being a triple fixed sign, there's there should be a lot of drama going on um, for all Scorpios right now. Yeah. When Mars goes into Scorpio, you're going to have a lot more energy maybe frustration but there's going to be a lot more heat in your life like right now is just the preliminary there's still just like the fire slowly burning inside of us by the time we're in scorpio season and mars being in scorpio the scorpios are going to either completely shut down and draw lines or be completely open and ready so you know as a collective of course scorpio energy they're the ones who draw lines right that's that's when things are going to be much more black and white. And again, with the Uranus and Taurus, with the Aquarius stuff and the Leo stuff happening right now, like mountains that shouldn't move, Tauruses are going to move. Leo fires that are eternal fires, some of them are going to diminish and new leaders are going to, new fires are going to be born, right? Aquarius, weather, storms, hurricanes, right? All that is changing right now as well. Collective protest, rebellion, that's all Aquarius energy too. And then Scorpio, we're literally facing ourselves with a lockdown sometimes, right? We have these barriers in front of us that we're trying to either break or we're trying to keep with ourselves spiritually and in the manifestation world. So again, we're going to see a lot more going on with this. And the best part about this talk in the lion's gate is that we're able to press a reboot button, a nice restart for ourselves to say, okay, this is what I'm going to commit to. And that to me, as a numerology astrologer, eight to me is about decisions. It's not, it's, it's to me, it's about either cutting the eight apart, two zeros, or either putting the two zeros together to make an infinity symbol. So it's your choice to either decide cut away from things or fuse things together. And that's really the powerful thing that we're doing with our heart, which is going to lead up into Scorpio season. So we're, you tell me what's going to happen in, in Scorpio season, Raja, <laughs> when that time arrives. <laughs> oh, there is um, the fact that you're, you have that Leo um, also as an influence, the Leo is going to impact a lot of your like passion projects. So say like you have like uh, something that you want coming forward creation, like you were saying, you have like projects that you've been working on. Um, that's going to be really awesome because they're going to be vibrant. They're going to be fresh. They're going to be potent. So that's pretty awesome. 
Thank you. Um, there's the question really fast from Amber that I want to cover because uh, it's actually tying into what Roger asked. Um, she said, do you have any advice for people who might be feeling a bit overstimulated from all the powerful energy shifts during this time since the lion's gate is so impactful? So overstimulation also comes from the fact that we have Uranus in Taurus. Um, that overstimulation is literally chaos, right? And the chaos is derived, that's Uranus's cup of tea is chaos. Um, but you can utilize the chaos to your advantage instead of to a hindrance. So because it's in a fixed earth sign of that energy in Taurus, it's kind of going up against all this fire and all this movement because of what he was saying about the fixed signs earlier, um, kind of putting up these little blockades, so to speak. But just because the blockade is there doesn't mean you can't jump over it and create something with it. It just kind of pushes people to make or break their intentions and their decisions. So if you feel overstimulated at this time, power of now, it's about coming back to, okay, I'm right here. Let's take care of the right now, right here. How can I make myself comfortable? How can I be in a comfort zone for me? I can't control all this chaos, but I can be working through the chaos. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Leo, every, you know, people talk about Leo and everyone only talks about the good stuff about Leo and then they talk about bad things about Gemini. But um, Leo tends to burn themselves out, right? They're the fire signs and they're easy to burn out, which is why they need their castle. They actually need their own cave as a lion to settle down. And if you are burning out, if you are overstimulating, frankly, I'm going to tell you that you're not quote unquote, loving yourself, right? You want to put on the brakes, right? Just, you know, you, Leo is about partying. It's about performing, but you can, again, you can burn yourself out. You can't party for weeks and weeks at a time, right? You got to take a step back and you got to sleep. You got to hydrate, you got to rest, right? So those are the things I would tell that person to, you know, rein your energy back in to not overburn yourself. Um, to take time for yourself because that's the thing for some people bringing it down a notch is the way you love yourself for someone like me who tends to be lazy let's say like pushing myself really quote unquote to you know encouraging myself inspiring myself to push more is the way I can love myself some people is different but again it's the action that you want to bring you want to, a loving intention right I'm not whipping myself to do my work you're also not you know holding yourself back if you really want ice cream. But if you think you've had too much ice cream, maybe you don't need it today, <laughs> right? So th that's the communication we're having with our heart. And it's, it's very subtle. It's very different for each person. Well, we're at time, but we have a couple real super quick questions to make sure we get to everybody. We had two sign-specific questions. One um, is about our cancers. We can't, can't forget our cancers. And then um, also, what about an Aries with a Leo rising? So two great ones. Good way to close this out. So Cancer and Aries are both cardinal signs. And we haven't really talked about the cardinal signs, Cancer, Aries, Libra, and Capricorn, because a lot of the drama that they've had are technically last month's drama during Cancer season. And then a lot of maybe probably a decade 
of the stuff that Aries and Pluto and Capricorn have been doing. So a lot of the cardinal drama is a little weighed down and a lot of the fixed energy is more on the heightened drama, um, which is why we don't talk about cancer so much. Um, but talking about cardinal signs, what's really good for them right now is Chiron and Aries, where maybe we can talk about in some different session, but Chiron and Aries is really giving a lot of healing. And so for Aries, it's straight up healing in your behavior. And then for cancers, they're actually healing in how they control situations or their career. So that's some of the stuff that they're going through. But, you know, talking about each sign is a little difficult because we have all 12 to go through. <laughs> Yeah. Um, going over just kind of a quick summary for each of the three groupings. Um, as far as the cardinal signs go, this is a time for recalibration. You're kind of getting ready for what's coming up once Libra season comes up in October. You're kind of gearing up for that. So make sure that you're really taking care of yourself. Um, you'll know if you're a cardinal sign mutable or fixed, just look it up and say, you know, what is Libra? Oh, well, it's a cardinal sign. So uh, all you cardinal signs prep, heal, recover, and just kind of let the old crap go, right? If you are a, a fixed sign, you're going to have all kinds of stuff going on, that chaos, right? It's like the wheel of fortune for you guys right now. So definitely be careful what you put out because what you put out will come back magnetized times 10, right? So just be careful where you're putting your energy. And if you want something, uh, think about what that means to you and how healthy it is for you and the people around you, that kind of thing. If you are a um, mutable sign like us Geminis, um, make sure that you are also more in a recovery but you're aware of what purging you need to do, because I feel like a lot of those mutable signs, there's signs coming up for you to let go of some patterns, friendships, family members, intentions, and restart and do some new things, or maybe add to the things that you've let go of in the past that you really wanted to hold on to. I would say that that's kind of my overview of those three categories. Um, touching on the September Libra energy, um, we're going to have a Mercury retrograde in Libra. So the cardinal signs are going to get a good hit of mental miscommunication and secrets coming out. So right now, I would say use this time to kind of settle and make things a little bit more of a routine, especially with the Virgo energy, even for everybody. But for cardinal signs, especially when we get into Libra and during September with the Mercury retrograde, you know, I said a lot of the drama was 10 years ago or a decade ago, but that doesn't mean it's over, right? That doesn't mean that it's it's gone. It's still there. It doesn't maybe hurt as much or it's not as intense as it was 10, seven years ago, but it's still there, right? So those are some of the things that's going you're going to, again, readdress during the Libra season in September. So. That's maybe. another time for a discussion. <laughs> yeah, another one we talked about Chiron. Maybe another thriving circle could be all about some Chiron. Maybe we could bring you you two back to, yeah. to talk about that. Um, well, we're at time. Thank you so much to our panelists, Kira and Daiki. Uh, you can check them out on www.soulconnects.com. Thank you all so much for joining us and happy Lionsgate, everybody. 
Happy Lionsgate. <laughs> Sunday new moon intention. Yes, and Sunday new moon set those intentions. <laughs> Everybody have a good night. Thank you guys so much. I'm really appreciative of uh, that time with you because you you know so much. So I'm like fascinated too. So thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, Kiara. I was, I was nervous. <laughs> but yeah, no, we hit it off really good. It was a really good time and everyone I think enjoyed it. I think um, Liz, you did a good job like connecting, you know, when we kind of get silence, you bring up a new question. Thank you so much. I usually do presentations by myself. So I'm just, I don't have another helper getting the conversation going. So that was really helpful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you guys. Have a great night. You too. Have a great night.